Well, guys, welcome to Timeless Truths, Men's Bible Study, Excursion Through the Book of First John. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you for inspiring the men to write what they wrote and preserving your word over the centuries and using the monks and other religious authorities to do what they did, Lord, to preserve the scriptures for us. Thank you, Lord, for the translators and for the freedom of worship that we have in this country. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to start out by noting the parallel between the way this book starts and the way John starts. John starts, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Way All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Then verse 9, that was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 16, and of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. Verse 18, no one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father. He has declared him. There's some question as to whether or not the same man that wrote the Gospel of John wrote the book of 1 John. So let's read 1 John and see if we see a parallel there. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. Verse 5, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Maybe you don't, but I kind of see a parallel between the two, and that's why I put the two there on the same sheet. I think John wrote both of them. It's a very interesting study to see whether or not Lazarus actually wrote the Gospel of John. We won't get into that tonight, but it's fascinating to listen to that argument or that belief. I hold to the historical, or I don't know if you want to call it orthodox, that John wrote John, and he wrote the letter of John. 1 John really isn't written like a letter. If you'll look at 2 John, he starts out with a normal address and then a farewell greeting in 2 John. 3 John, he introduces himself as the elder in both places, and then he addresses who he sends it to, and then he has a farewell greeting. 1 John is not written like that. He just takes off preaching. It's almost as though he's an old man He's concerned about some things that are taking place in the church world. Christ has been resurrected for many years and ascended for many years. It's around 90 AD, possibly. And so there's theories, other theories creeping into the church as to who Jesus is. Was he real? Was he God? Was he just a human who was anointed by God? Or was he somebody who finally reached God consciousness? And you, too, can reach God consciousness. Some of this stuff we see rise up its head again and again, even in our day. And so he's concerned about this and just takes off preaching. 
and it's as though somebody's transcribing because he's kind of repetitive. He's wanting to be clearly understood. And when you write, you're writing clearly, and when you're writing clearly, you may not be as repetitive. You'll see it as we get into the book. Just even in these first few verses. That which was from the beginning. All right, the same phrase, in the beginning was the word. Which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. The word seen there could also mean experienced. That which we have experienced with our eyes, which we have looked upon or beheld or gazed upon or stared at, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen, there it is again, and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. If you'll notice, between verse 1 and 2 is a hyphen, and between the end of verse 2 and 3 is a hyphen, meaning verse 2 is kind of a parenthetical statement. So you could read verse 1 and verse 3 and not do damage to the text. So I'd like to do that again. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. All right? Skip the parenthetical statement. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, he talks about the fellowship, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. I think he did write the letter, but he is flat preaching with his pen. He is going to town, and it may be because he is so passionate due to some of the heresies or errors that were creeping into the churches. Paul certainly had a similar passion dealing with legalism creeping into the church. You know, you got to be circumcised to be saved. You got to have a kosher kitchen if you really love Jesus. You got to stop eating those pork chops. So he was passionate for the pure New Testament gospel and for the old not to creep in. We may think that's good for their day. You know, yeah, we have to endure this to understand the history of the church. No, this same stuff's relevant for today. It really is. That same Old Testament Judaism would creep in the church today. And we just have to be guard against that. There are some believers that won't eat pork, and they look down on other believers that do. And they'll use medical science to prove that eating pork is not good for you. And it really isn't. But when it comes to your Christianity, it has nothing to do with the Christian faith based on the gospel. And yet they'll argue with you, they'll part, they'll part ways, stop fellowshipping, and allow the Old Testament rituals to come in and take hold. It's interesting, we received in the mail today from not IHOP, but a ministry in Kansas City that put out a, a, a um, has the...
reread the book of Galatians today, and Paul comes out and lamb blasts Christians yeah, for, the, doing for doing that very thing that Paul says that yeah. you're, you're requiring you Jews live as Gentiles, but you're requiring the Gentiles to live as the Jews. He calls them the circumcised. The circumcised live as the uncircumcised, but you're calling the uncircumcised to live as the circumcised. Yeah. And Paul was very... So it's the very thing you're talking about. Yeah, you can was, you can see them on TV and selling their talits and using the color of the moon to sow a seed offering to get a very special blessing if you sow a seed when the moon's full and turning red, this next one. Get your blessing. The angels are getting their assignments right now. The same junk. I want to use an expletive, but I'm not that mad. Uh, The same stuff's going on. So Galatians still stands. Paul's passionate for a reason. And I think 1 John has something to do with our day too. It's not just a problem they had then with our day too. Things that we are tempted, tempted to believe. He's wanting to make clear that he was an eyewitness of Jesus. He handled him. He heard him. He experienced him. He knew him as the word of life, and eternal life comes from him. Later on in the book, he gets into Antichrist. These are people that turn away from the real Jesus and substitute him with something else, which is easy to do, I think, probably for some people. And They have a version of Jesus that isn't the real Jesus. Paul was concerned with people preaching another Christ. I just see this as more than a letter. I think he wrote it. It is written, but I mean he's preaching to people. And, you know, when you preach or declare truth to something, you want to make sure you get your point across, and sometimes you're a little too repetitive. Any insights? You've made several comments about um, tonight about the uh, people who want to add stuff make you do Judaizing or going the other way. And, you know, the only thought that comes to my mind is, you know, I think what John may be addressing, and as you clearly said, is a present today, is I think that sometimes grace is so hard for man to just receive that they want to add to it some way, grace plus, you know. Mm-hmm. We're Christians, but we're Christians Plus we do this, or plus we do that. And I think that's why in the yeah. scriptures, so many places, just yeah. just the grace. Yeah, it's true. I uh, I remember years ago we, we joined a church. We were hurting. We had planted a church that we had to close, and it wasn't working. Something I came up with doing. And, uh, the Lord... It's a long story, but he revealed Shady Grove Church was to be the home for us. And I loved it. And they had 42 weeks of membership classes. You couldn't do anything for 42 weeks. And we were just getting fed so well, so cared for, enjoying fellowship, small groups, and all kinds of other stuff. Really loving it. I was burning up to do something. And finally they let me be an usher. And you'd have thought I was a king. I just felt so thrilled to be the usher. And sometimes that can be the case, but then people take it another step further. Kind of like the fence laws. You don't want to violate the law. Well, here's another law. If you don't violate this one, you won't violate this one. Kind of like Eve. Don't eat the fruit. Well, the fence law was somebody came up with. Maybe Adam came up with it when he told her, don't touch it. Not touching that fruit was a good idea, but God didn't say don't touch it. 
you really love the Lord, then you'll do this. If you really, I don't know. I don't know. We're just prone to error, and what the enemy can't stop, he'll push. Pride. Extreme pride. There it is. After on the same note, there it is. With John, um, I've never. And there's several in this room that are older than me, but I've never seen so much divergency in Christianity than today, where you've got hyper grace, extreme legalism, and it's like, you know, you're just. And my mom brought this up today. How can we, with this letter that came in this in the mail, how can we go to people that we're trying to witness to? Say, got to keep the now piece. you've got to keep the peace. <laughs> you've got to do this and you've got to yeah. do that. And, it's, yeah. and I think it's just yeah. it's overwhelming for us as believers that there's so much yeah. out it's, there. And the winds of doctrine are blowing in the land. And sometimes when there's weakness in an area or a lack of understanding in the area, someone comes along with more understanding, but they push it too far. So you get... It's the internet's fault. That's it. it I, I hate to say it that way, but well, it's because everybody has the ability to get knowledge from all sorts of different areas. Well, some people aren't as discerning on where they get the knowledge from, and so they declare themselves experts on different things, and without researching it completely, come to different conclusions. And so a lot of people are coming to different conclusions believing in their own mind that they have become an expert in, in certain things without taking the time to actually do the research on it. Cutting and pasting will get you in trouble, yeah. <laughs> Especially on the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I think verse 4 yeah? kind of capitalizes it right there for me because uh, sometimes you just, there's some Christians you meet, and I don't mean this whatever, they have you want to that if that was what being a Christian was, I wouldn't want to be a Christian. There's no joy there. Mm. It's working, it's observing this, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do that. And uh, he just said it right there, that we have fellowship with God and with Jesus. And fellowship together, and we'll have joy. Is it? <laughs> you know, we, we try to make it so hard some of the time. And if we'll if we'll just get in the Bible and read it ourselves, and then start listening to the other things that people say, God will let you know if it's for you or not. Maybe not all of it, but a piece of it. Yeah. You know, there's parts of when we became Christians in our family, we needed the structure of a fundamentalist church from where we were at. But after a season, we realized we needed something else. Not not bad mountain. That's not what I'm here to do, but. You know, sometimes God has a different direction for you to go, and that ours was the uh, the fullness of the Holy Ghost. Okay. And uh, then you got into the Pentecostal stuff then, and it was oh, another, oh, another ditch. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but I do. I, when he says that, that your joy may be full, being a Christian is, you know, that's, that's uh, to me, that's, that's his goal for this book. That we come away from this with full joy. And it's not just being happy because you are faking it till you make it, but the, the the content of this book will leave you full of joy. You know, the content of radical Islam will leave you full of anger. Uh content of this truth is his desire is for us to be filled with joy. 
these things we write to you that your joy may be full. And then he takes off. This is a message which we have heard from him. And declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Phoenix. Yes. I just had a question. It kind of relates to what he was saying a little bit. Where it talks about in God that there, God is light and there is no darkness at all in union with him. I, I see it, I see polar opposites sometimes. Um, when I was at, at Pensacola, everybody was supposed to be happy all the time. You were at Pensacola Bible College. Pensacola Christian College. Oh, Christian uh, College. Very fundamentalist. Um, and uh, Baptist churches are this way. A lot of times they present themselves as being being a Christian means being happy all the time. They try to present that to the world. Well, uh, most people are uh, not buying the fact that you're happy all the time, whether you're a Christian or not. Um, and the truth is, life isn't all going to be joy. It's going to be ups and downs. And, and to say that, that um, what our understanding of darkness is, um, and what God's understanding of things are could be different because God did things in the Old Testament we could, we might consider in a modern context to be evil. Okay, genocide of, of people that went against his people. He could have drove them out if he wanted to, but he said kill them all. There's different things that our perception of what things are, whether what's light or what's dark, it's not us to judge God but God to judge us. So God's definition of what's light and what's dark is the definition that we should be applying when you hear God is light and in him is no darkness. To say that that, uh, every person has to be a certain way and not have any bad things that happen in their life, okay? He looks through the hall of faith, um, Hebrews 11. He lists person after person after yeah. person after person, and they genuinely love God and serve God and have all. Right. I mean, there's there's no way to say that that uh, is a list of perfect people. <laughs> right. It's not, but it, I think that sometimes the the picture the church presents is that God is all light, and in the world, and we say God is all light and in him is no darkness. Well, that means to the world, that means no pain. That means no suffering. That means all these different things. But but we, as a Christian, we know that um, uh, all those who, who uh, serve God will suffer persecution. All, all those um, uh, God chastens who he loves. Uh, there is a negative side to what we encounter. And that negative may not, uh, may to everybody else look like darkness, but to God who's judging it, it's not darkness. The chastening is for our own good. The, um, the persecution is to build up our character. But these are not what the world would be considered light. Did you see what I'm saying? Well, it's not the world's version of light. When I, when I think of God being light, obviously we think of creation. The first thing he made was light. Uh, Psalm 119 says the entrance of his word uh, brings light. Um, another verse says, God is a consuming fire. What does fire do? do? It consumes. It brings heat, and it brings light. So uh, God was to be feared in the Old Testament, so he is light. And when I think of light, I think of revelation. I think of uh, understanding. Uh, There's understanding in him, and it doesn't mean we have it all. We all have a lot to learn. And so 
Christ came to, in fact, I think God is so much light, he's blinding. So Christ came to make the invisible God, the God we couldn't look upon, visible to us and show us what he's like. And so as the light of the world, he said, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And I've been in third world countries where people were dirt poor. If they were Americans, they would be down in the mully grubs. And these guys are so full of joy. It's not based on their circumstances, but based on the light God gave them from you know their salvation. So I, I hear I, I, yeah. you made your point well. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, and the latest, yeah, the latest tragedy is somebody who's reached the pinnacle of their career, has been on the top for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I was introduced to him as Mork from Mork, and decides that. Life isn't worth living. Can't can't make it in. And, you know, people are striving. You know, there are people, thousands of people move to Hollywood every day to to live the dream. And here's somebody living the dream. Yeah. And, and, but their, their life is empty. And, like, you're saying, I mean. They're living in what the world would call life. I think there's a reason. Right, right, exactly. They're not happy. Well, I think there's a reason when you when when people come forward to get saved, you don't really tell them what their life is going to be like. (laughs) You say, "Yeah, Jesus, you're gonna you're you are going to go to heaven," and but you don't say, "Well, but your life is challenges." Yeah, you don't tell them. Why not count the cost? Well, not saying, but I I mean, I know, but the reality is, you know, you just you know. Jesus promised, and I'm going through. I'm going through it right now. It's just the reality is that God is with us, and He's yeah. walking with us. Amen. Yes. And we don't, you know, we, you know, and, and I wanted to ask you this: that John never really, you know, Paul was very clear in his epistles that I was, you know, you talk about your problems. I was this and this and this and this and this was done to me, and I, John never went there, did he? I mean, I was, I was whipped. I was. He, he didn't. He didn't. He, you know, they tried to kill him, and he survived. And did he ever really drug died? Him? Died. Lived. Lived longer than the rest of the apostles, as Jesus predicted mm-hmm. in John 21, or the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he wasn't martyred at the end. Yeah, but they did try to martyr him. They tried. Yeah, they did try. Right. They tried to burn him in the water. Burn him in the water. See that? <laughs> if you're last, you'll live longer. <laughs> <laughs> but she won't be full of joy. <laughs> oh, but that brings contentment. Yeah. But think too that John, I, I, this just came to me. John doesn't really dress it, but think of the loneliness. Here, John was the beloved disciple. All of his friends have gone to heaven, yeah. and here, John is stuck. <laughs> he's left behind. He's left behind. <laughs> you know, he doesn't. And maybe that's yeah. part of why he's so yeah. got to be in his bonnet when he's when you're saying he's writing this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's concerned about the problems of his day. I, I um, hope that you guys can stick with us through this journey. This time, let's see if our caller's still with us. You still there, brother? I'm here. You have any points for us or questions? No, I enjoyed the dialogue, though it was very, it was very clear. So I appreciate everybody speaking up. Good. Well, thank you, Greg. Thank you so much. Anybody else there? Yeah, this uh, is Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, I thought it was great. 
I appreciated it. Thanks. Bless you guys.